Welcome back to the Nullify Take, where we've got the TNT takes for you on Australian Survivor Blood versus Water. I am here today with the champion of Australian Survivor Blood versus Water, Mark Wales. Mark, how are you? Good, mate. In enjoying. Uh, it's been a hectic week, so glad I can have a bit of recovery and, and an easy chat to uh, you know to to reflect on it all. Yeah, well, you know, with me in any case, I'm a I'm a big fan of yourself and Sam, so I think this <laughs> podcast will be pretty straightforward. I'll try and and keep the <laughs> I'll hold you accountable for some, but I'll, I'll be as Good. fair as possible on the podcast. <laughs> no, no, go hard. Um, so firstly, Mark, just sort of curious to know, you know, you played this game before and it's been a while since you came back to play this time around. Did you ever think that this was going to be in the cards for you to come back to Australian Survivor? Did you always want to keep that door open or did you feel like when you left the previous time, you know, it was it was a great experience, but it's a, it's a one and done deal? I think over time I was like, uh, you know, I probably won't go back because we, we played okay, but we didn't do anything too dramatic. You know, maybe there's an option if you do second chances or something like that. Uh, but I kind of mentally made sure I, I'd moved on a bit. But then when I heard there was blood versus water in the wings, I was like, oh, that's interesting because clearly Sammy and I are, are a product of the show in a lot of ways. So a blood versus water return would make a lot of sense. And when we got the call, we'd, we'd had a rough year. We'd been, our house had been uh, damaged by a storm. And um, yeah, when we got the call, we we're like, yeah, of course, of course we'll play. And we were excited because we'd watched the show and I felt like we were ready to do it better second time around. So yeah, we were, were, we were ready to go. Were you a fan of Australian Survivor the first time when you went out there to play or was this something that was quite new to you? No, it was new to me. And I, I did as much work as I could, but you really do need, it's like a, a long novel you can't just read the back and look at the pictures and hope that's going to be enough like you've actually got to get involved in the shows and, and watch the machinations and the moves and the gameplay to understand some of the traps that are in a game like survivor because there is a lot of skill there there's a lot of easy errors you can make early when you're a rookie player and uh, you just got to avoid those traps. I, I didn't first time around. And second time around, I was like, I'm not making those simple errors again. I'm going to try and put as much uh, effort into playing a strong strategic game as I can. Yeah, definitely saw the difference very early on this season. Um, were there certain players that you sort of looked up to or thought, oh, I really like what they did in the game and I'll try and take elements of it? Because I know it's very difficult. Every person, ideally, when they go out there, wants to play their own game. But were there certain players that you thought, oh, no, I'll, I'll take a little bit of this, I'll take a little bit of that and put it into my game as well? What was interesting is each player I'd spoken to that was a strong player from the Aussie series all had like one key takeaway and each one of them was different and each one of them was really valid. Uh, like say Luke Toki, for example, he's like, you don't actually have to lie about everything. You can just choose your moments and be really careful and, and, and just be open and honest. And that can actually really help your game. So that was one. AK was like, look, take out a threat. Someone who's like you, someone in the team who's indispensable physically, like take him out and then you'll be more important to the tribe. Um, and then there was like Dave Janae. He's like, do not share information. Don't tell anyone thing. You know, just keep the information to yourself and use it when you think it's right. So each player had something to say. Jericho as well. He had a couple of really good points. Um, each top player had one takeaway that was just gold on its own. And I kept, I kept them in mind as I went through the game. Yeah. 
So interested to know, you get a, a legend of the game play this season with you and Sandra Diaz Twine. What was the early thoughts when you saw Sandra coming in in a helicopter and you found out that Nina, her daughter, was going to be in your tribe? Yeah, I was pumped. I think I knew they were a military family, so I'm like, yeah, I've got an in here right away. Uh, Nina was a lot of fun. She was, uh, you know, she was clearly a game player, but she was patient. She was humble. She was not everything the Americans have a, re a reputation for being. So the way they adapted to the Australian version was impressive. And Sandra, you know, she went the challenges, played hard, uh, and she didn't really, she wasn't known for doing that. So I, I really commend their the way they adapted their game approach to an Australian version. And I, I knew Nina was a really good player and. I, frankly, I was dreading having to go against her at some point. I knew it would happen, and by fortune, by fortune, and it's it's unlucky for her because I hated seeing her leave this way. I, I wanted to see her go through a tribal the same as anyone and, and get the full experience, but the injury took her out of the game. So it was sad to see, but I am very confident we're going to see her back. And I think Australia has stolen what should have been an American, uh, you know, an American contender. She's ours now. <laughs> I was I was going to say, so she's uh, Team Australia if the overlap ever happens, and it's Australia yep. versus USA. <laughs> A crossover, turncoat. <laughs> exactly. Um, so obviously in your tribe, you had uh, another returning player and Andy come back. I'm a big fan of Andy's. I, I really enjoyed him in his first season. I've actually had him on the previous podcast I did once before to recap an Australian Survivor um, episode, a couple of episodes with me and, uh, you know, really enjoyed talking to him. Quite interested to know, you know, what was the strategy behind taking Andy out so early and did you weigh the pros and cons in regards to having another returning player there at least so there's two targets or did you feel like he was just too big of a threat even if they, that meant that there was two targets in that tribe that have played the game before? Yeah, I felt like it was a case of that piece of advice I'd been given from AK, which is, look, if you have someone who's like you in the tribe, if they're gone all of a sudden, you become more critical to that tribe in the early challenges, which are always really physical in Australian Survivor. And you, I was a big guy. Andy was also a really big guy. And that was kind of my rationale behind it. Plus, he, he had a bit more baggage than I did, which was kind of unlucky for him and, and lucky for Sam and I. Uh, so he was a bit easier to, to put forward as a target. But to his credit, he didn't actually do anything wrong. I know they kind of stitched the ed up to make it look like he was, you know, directing traffic at camp. He actually wasn't. He was just helping build the shelter. And um, he did a really good job. He didn't actually put a foot wrong. He just got unlucky in, in that first round. And we also lost that challenge under kind of weird circumstances. One of the obstacles didn't really work properly, I think. So... Yeah, he got a bit unlucky. He, he got a bit unlucky for sure. And I think a lot of viewers may have forgotten they only remember Andy the Snake, you know, from his episode <laughs> and, and the way that he played the game and, and wanting to backstab and do big moves. But he actually came in clutch in a lot of challenges that season and ended up um, helping his tribe win a lot of immunity. So that makes perfect sense in the sense that you wanted to have that leadership role in the challenges. How difficult was it for you as a returning player coming back and knowing you've got a leg up on some of these players, you may be able to help with the shelter. You may be able to direct them in certain ways to sit back and not take that lead in the tribe. Um, Cause I'm assuming you, you step back from that at camp. That's in any case, how it looked like on the TV show. It looked like you were a leader in the challenges, but at camp you try to not be too overbearing. Yeah. I think I stepped back from kind of camp leadership roles, uh, but I definitely, 
took a leading part in kind of mentoring people in the early part of the game. So I'd just talk openly about my experience on the first Survivor and I'd be like, this is a mistake I made. Like, And then I'd say, you know, don't maybe don't do this or don't do that. Don't um, be out doing camp work all day when there's, there's strategy to be had. So I would offer that advice up and I think it was just, I would, I would have done that anyway, but I think it's helpful for people. It's disarming. They don't really see you as a threat. Uh, I said, you know, I went to two tribal councils and I was voted out my third one. I'm not really a game player. And that was that was a helpful kind of... I, I disarmed that particular tick in the box that highlighted me as a threat. Um, and then in the challenges, I just stepped up and helped there because I feel like being an ex-military guy, people would expect that from me. A lot of those challenges were suited my kind of uh, background. And so it made perfect sense for me to step up and try and help win those challenges, which we did quite a lot. Yeah, so you mentioned a little bit earlier, obviously there was a few injuries this season. Nina got taken out, unfortunately. Early in the game, Alex had uh, a lot of trouble with his back. And um, I think Tyra was a little bit um, vocal about that as a previous Survivor player, seeing someone go out of the game the way that he did. What was your take on Alex? I, I noticed that in that specific Tribal Council, you did try to get him to stay and you tried to <laughs> direct the vote in a different way. <laughs> this is what I'm being creepy and whispering to him behind the <laughs> yeah. behind the trail like stay uh i i so we we kind of looked after alex when he was injured and we're like dude we've got your back we're not going to vote you out like get better i wanted to see him come back into the game and and get the most out of it because it's such a rare chance to go on survivor so we helped him out but the injury was too bad he eventually opted to leave and the issue was is that we had Sophie lined up at that tribal council. So I was just saying, look, mate, you can leave. Just do it tomorrow. Like, let us go through this tribal now and just do it tomorrow. Uh, but he didn't. He left then, and that kind of ruined our plan to get uh, Sophie. Did Sophie coming to that tribe hurt KJ's relationships within the alliances that she had? And, and where did KJ sit in these early stages? Because it did look like you were kind of in the middle of quite a few different alliances before the first merge. Yeah, it, it was a massive distraction for KJ. She was going pretty well in the game. She had good links, good relationships. And then she had to deal with her sister. And her sister had been through a lot, but it was KJ was then having to put spot fires out and it didn't help her game. It did, wasn't super detrimental, but it just didn't help. She could have been doing other more constructive things. Instead, she was kind of catering to the issue of the day or, or whatever came up with, with her sister. Yeah. Now, obviously, with having her sister in the game, this was a blood versus water season. It was always going to be difficult to navigate those relationships throughout the season. How did you prepare yourself, yourself and Sam, going into this, knowing that you were going to have to go up against each other in immunities and, and things like that? Because when the choice came for you to potentially join her tribe, she, on the TV show, looked like she was upset that you <laughs> made the move that you did in the initial. Um, did you guys talk about the potential of these things happening before going out there? Or was this more a spur-of-the-moment thing where you had to make a decision? What we did talk about is we said, look, if there's a reward challenge, don't take me. Just keep us separate. So we, we did discuss that scenario, but we didn't really discuss like if we have a choice around tribe swap, what would we do? Because that that's pretty rare that you actually have a choice. But I only had about 30 seconds to think about it. And in hindsight, it was a really good choice because I separated myself from Sam. It gave us the chance to both play individual games, building good alliances, making our own moves. 
uh, and all the while people aren't getting a look at us as a threat. They can't like they can't mesh the intelligence together that we are actually a threat couple. So that so being apart longer, I feel like it brought us quite a bit of time, and it, it brought us a strong alliance that we could bring together after the merge. Yeah, so when you looked at that decision at that point, you had obviously the likes of Josh and Geordie um, and uh, some of like Nina and those guys in that specific tribe that you ended up choosing. Was there a specific reason outside of not wanting to play with Sam and not painting that target on your back? Did you already have those close bonds with Josh that carried you as deep as it did in the game? Yeah, Josh was probably my tightest guy. We'd worked together a lot. Uh, we knew we were similar backgrounds, similar values. We could predict that the other person was going to act rationally. And so we knew we were going to cooperate for most of the game. I had that feeling about Josh straight away. Uh, and that was an easy choice for me to go over with them with what was going to be a water majority, a water OG majority over there. And uh, so it was a perfect scenario, really. And I, Oh, I'm really glad I picked the right side. Even though Sammy was initially disappointed, but she totally understood what I was doing uh, strategically. Hey, listen, it has to be difficult when you don't have food and water and things like that. You're probably overreacting to the smallest things sometimes while you're out there. And I think that's something that a lot of viewers probably just don't appreciate, that when you're pushed to your limit like that, it is very difficult sometimes to act rational in the moment. You know, It may take you a little while to gather yourself. Yeah, and there's always... Optimal decision-making in a vacuum, right? So when you sit down and analyze a, a show, you can kind of pick the best option for the story you've been given. But when you factor in all those human elements, the fatigue and the uncertainty and the fear, it does make good decision-making trickier. And so for me, probably my proudest efforts is when I was at the very end of the game, clearly in a lot of trouble, I was still able to have the presence of mind to read the situation correctly, come up with a plan. It wasn't the best plan, but it was a plan. Commit to it early and just stick to it. And that was the difference between getting voted out or not. I feel like sometimes you've just got to, your first plan is literally your best plan just by virtue of the speed um, that yeah. you can move at. Just being a little bit faster can make all the difference. Yeah, and, and we'll definitely get into a few of those decisions because I think there's a few interesting things that we can dive into. Um, I did have another question for you here. Um, you know, when with Josh, you had a close alliance with him, but you chose not to tell him about the idol, which later on came back to bite you a little bit in the in the in the behind, I guess, with uh, Geordie finding out about it. Uh, I guess firstly, let's dive into the Geordie of it all. Geordie saw you get the clue. Um, you went out to go find the idol, and then ultimately, you do end up telling him about it. What was the rationale behind telling him about the idol and not just keeping it a secret for a bit longer? Yeah, the rationale here was. I knew he'd seen me get the clue and I was like, it, it's pretty hard to recover the clues without people seeing you just in those reward environments. They're pretty small. People are paying attention. He saw it and then I spent about three days looking for it and I kept telling him, dude, I'm going to go look for it. Come help me. And we went and looked together and I was looking in a dummy area so he wouldn't find it. Uh, mm. So I eventually found it. I was keeping this facade going after I'd found it. You know, let's go look for it again. And then I was like, Actually, I'm going to end up burning a lot of social capital here if I keep lying about this and giving people the runaround. So, I kind of made a really tough decision. I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to close this loop off, uh, tie up this kind of loose thread. I'm going to tell Geordie about this, and I'm just going to have to watch closely because this is going to become a public. Oh, it's just a matter of when. Uh, yeah. 
and that was my rationale behind it. I was like, I, I need to move on. I need to move on with my game. Let me put it in his court and I'll watch what he does. It was interesting because you did mention early on that Geordie was a bit of a loose unit, someone that would be hard to trust. And we see a lot of this throughout the game. Um, obviously, you can only tell it from your perspective. Why do you think it was so difficult for Geordie to find allies and for people to believe in him when he started talking about the idols and things like that out there? Because for the viewers that were watching, they were extremely frustrated at all of these other players that weren't listening to Geordie. But obviously, there's a lot we don't see on camera. And I can only imagine that there must be something that Geordie did prior to that that came across as untrustworthy where people didn't want to believe him. Yeah, there was people who kind of uh, connected the pieces on Geordie because I said, uh, Josh said, came to me and goes, look, he told us about the rewards straight away. He told us about the uh, idols straight away. Like we didn't even have to ask him. He just came and told us. And I was like, no way. And we kind of fit our intelligence together. I was like, dude, he told me that you guys asked him like pressured him into telling you so there was this disparity between what he was saying and what was actually happening and what and what josh was telling me so we just pieced it together look we just we can't trust him because we don't know what he's doing and so <laughs> when geordie actually needed people to believe him uh, he cried wolf a few too many times and people just weren't sure whether he was telling the truth or not and it really muddied the waters and i said that to sam i'm like look they don't have to believe us right but there's just got to be doubt and that ambiguity will be sufficient protection for us uh, in the short term. Yeah, so obviously um, a couple of things happens here early in the merch. Yourself and Sam gets back together. Um, Sam has got a few people that she's been loyal to prior to the merch. You've got people that you've been loyal to. And at some point, you're always going to have to go in one or other one of one of you were going to win that argument in regards to which direction do you go and which alliance do you stay with um you ultimately do win out and you stick strong with geordie jo uh, sorry with josh geordie i guess at that stage and jordan and it looked like juicy dave was somewhere in there between with the boys as well um there was a lot of people online that were very critical of the fact that you know you didn't listen to sam in this case and and stick true to khan and jesse what was your reasoning behind it and how do you think ultimately you convinced Sam to come your way in regards to the alliance that you wanted to work with? Uh, the main argument was really around the stability of the alliances. My argument was, look, uh, Jesse and Geordie are a question mark. Uh, Geordie is especially a question mark. Jesse is a younger player and I'd played with younger players on my first season and it was a handful because they just don't, they don't cooperate in teams. It's quite rare. Whereas mm. Josh and Jordan, I knew, being rugby players, being older, they were going to cooperate. They were going to have the same values as me. They were going to be easier to predict. And I had a better connection with them. And I said that to Sam. I'm like, look, I think it's a more stable alliance. Uh, so that was one part. And then we talked about Khan too. And this was hard because Khan and Sam were tight. Khan was looking after Sam. But my argument was, look... In the if you if we if he goes to the end he's going to be very hard to beat he's a very well rounded player we should deal with that sooner rather than later I, I was I saw him as a front runner he's he was a clearly a strong player big personality um, and a real threat and that was where the real friction happened and I think I said this previously but my biggest mistake is probably not giving enough credence to how Sam felt about the impact it was going to have on her. I was like, no, no, this is good for us. Trust me. But I wasn't thinking about the stuff she had done and considering that enough. And and that's hard. And they show, like, 
they show a conversation we're having behind a tree when you've got 60 seconds maybe to talk strategy. So mm. you're not talking about the weather and niceties and how good it is to see her. You're being pointed direct and like it just looked terrible on TV. So, um, you know, it's it's a bit of a, that was, it was my fault. And also they, they edited it to make sure it looked like a, a good conflict. Yeah, obviously they, they're trying to make a TV show here as well. But yeah. were, I guess it was two strikes in a very short period of time. The other strike being that you didn't tell Sam immediately about the immunity idol. And um, I think I had a, a comment that I thought was funny. I hope, you know, I don't know if you listened to it, but I was like, you know, it's kind of like when you're courting a woman and you don't give her all the information from the start. But Sam and you, you, you guys have been married for a long time. There's no reason to do that. So what was the what was the reason, I guess, for not immediately letting her in on the, the idol? Well... In the so the, the biggest one was just whole protection of information, and in, in a merge situation, you've got 13 people who have just come together. It's, it's very volatile, people are sorting out the pecking order, there's a lot of movement around camp. And I'm like, Look, we're not in threat right now, I'm just going to not say anything about this idol for a bit because this is a high risk period. And mm. when the time's right, I'm going to bring Sam in because I can't use this idol on my own, I actually need her help to figure out what we're going to do with this. Um, and it just so happens that Geordie told her straight off the bat. Now, I'd said to Geordie back at camp, I was like, do not tell anyone. I mean, it, do not tell anyone. And that was my test for him. And sure enough, when he told Sam, it kind of had the opposite effect. Uh, Josh found out about it and he's like, holy shit, Mark didn't even tell Sam. That's how serious he was when he says, don't do something. Um, he, he does what he says. And that was important for my trust levels so on the one hand it was bad because sam finds out about this in a back to front way and it's just it's terrible and causes a, an argument for us but on the other hand josh and jordan look at it and go this guy's crazy he like said do not tell anyone he didn't even tell his partner about this idol it was geordie that did it he's the unreliable one so yeah it was kind of a yeah it was it was bad on one hand and helpful on the other yeah um, so I guess at this point, this is where Sam goes and w walks with Jesse, gets the idol some other way from him, and she ends up voting Jesse out. What was your first reactions to this out there when you were on uh, in the game, I guess, and you found out that she managed to get this idol off him, and you realized we're voting this person out, and she's most likely going to have this idol um, at that point. Do you, in the moment, think about anything outside of the game can you allow yourself to for a brief moment think oh how's this going to look on tv or is it just game mode we need to make this move and get ourselves ahead no it was very much game mode i was i was happy to be doing something that i, I knew was going to look it was going to be excuse me it was going to be big viewing on tv so i was i knew it was pretty sensational in the way of just survivor moves and survivor history so i was really proud of sam for kind of getting her hands dirty uh, but I knew this was going to shift like the tectonics of the game. This was going to be a, a totally new shift. And because of this vote, we were now going to be aligned with Josh and Jordan, which I still think was, was absolutely the right move. Um, the issue was that Sam and I were going to take tremendous heat for it. And we knew we were going to have to lie for it. And I was just like ste stealing myself going, this is going to be a hard, you know, this next week's going to be really hard. Uh, but... You know, we, we stuck to our guns and we, we we did the best we could under those circumstances and planted enough doubt in people's minds that we're able to keep playing. Now, for me personally, it was the move of the game. Um, and I think that 
this specific move will be remembered 10, 15, 20 years from now if Australian Survivor is still on. And I know Sam does not want that to be the case, and she'd probably rather forget about it now that the game is over. Too um, late. She's part of yeah, history. She's part of history. And um, as a as a massive fan of all of the franchises, you know, South Africa, Australia, US, um, you know, just let her know when you speak to her. Hopefully at some point I get an opportunity to talk to her as well. But, you know, I like just let her know. I think that, you know, she should own it. It's, it's a massive move. Move. And I think that the real fans of the show, the ones that understand it's a game, you know, we we all were very proud to see her pull it off. I mean, we've had similarities to that in other countries where things have happened to that level, but this is probably the biggest one in Australian Survivor. So um, I think it's up there with the dead grandma lie that Johnny Fairplay told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a celebrated and, and controversial move. And I mean, I give her full credit for it. She did such a good job. And I give Jesse a lot of credit because he played along. Like he, he didn't play like uh, you know sour grapes. He he embraced the move. He knew it would be famous for good, and he's been really good about it. So, being the super fan that he is, I was also really proud of how he responded to the to the event. Yeah, well, he's going to be remembered now as well. He's yeah. just on the opposite yeah. side of the move, but he'll be remembered he'll, for sure. He'll play again. Him, him and Jordy will play again. The young guys, they they were great TV. I'm, I'm sure we'll see him again. I agree. I mean, we saw Eric Reichenbach, who was the main person over in the US who had an idol that he gave away to one of the, the ladies and then ended up getting voted out. He came back to play again because people looked wow. at that and said, wow, we need to give this guy a second chance. So I think <laughs> Jesse's so, definitely got a chance. That was so funny. That was one of my favorite moves was, was probably that one out of the US season. Yeah. Um, so basically, were you afraid that going into this final tribal council that this move was going to get held against you? Like, you know, you've got Jesse and Geordie both there on the on the jury that potentially could poison the jury to a degree because you pulled such a ruthless move? Or did you know the level of fans that they were off the show that they would be able to see it for the move that it was? I thought, yeah, they were fans. They would see it for what it was. And I was also conciliatory with Geordie afterwards like there were a few tense moments but ultimately I remember saying look mate keep keep working with me because even though you're getting beaten on the bottom at the moment eventually it'll be me who comes to you cap in hand you know tomorrow because of some twist uh, so I was trying to be good to people that were you know either on the bottom or, or getting targeted and I think he appreciated it and and they knew that I think they took it in the spirit of the game like we didn't we didn't get personal with that stuff we just yeah, you know, it was it was a game, and they knew we were decent people, and yeah, it's all a bit of fun. It's just a bit yeah. of entertainment. Now you spoke about you know the potential of a twist that could flip the whole game upside down. We did see Purgatory come into play. Now this is a a big thing for Australian Survivor to either do Redemption Rock or Purgatory or some form of players coming back in the game. I'm personally not a fan of it. Never have been. Don't think I ever will be. I kind of picked up a little bit from you that you weren't the biggest fan of this uh, twist this season as well. Yeah, I certainly wasn't sitting at camp rubbing my hands going, oh, welcome back, everyone. So great to see you again after we put all that work in to try and vote you out. It's hard because you do expose yourself when you when you make any vote outs or you're involved in any of these moves. You do use some strategic capital, right, to, to try and move these people uh, if, if you're voting against them or you're, you're going against someone it does put you in the firing line so to do that with four different vote outs and to have to deal with it coming back into camp that was just there, there was definitely a low moment there and uh then we there was no point 
I think this is where my mindset is good. I'm like, I can complain about this all day. This is what we're dealing with. Like, let's just get on with it. And we did that. And I'm glad we were resilient about it and didn't, uh, you know, throw our toys out of the cot. You had a, a, a scenario where there was six of you left in the game, both yourself and Sam were in the game, and you had two idols in your pocket. Did you see the way for you both to get to that final three spot from there and sort of see it get ripped away with these three players come in? And what was your strategy, I guess, at that point? How were you going to play the idols knowing that you were that close to the end? What we did was when Josh and Jordan were still in the game, we grabbed them and go, look, we're the last pairs left. Uh, you know, I've got this idol that I talked about. Didn't talk about the second one. I've got this idol. I'll use it to protect our alliance. Like, let's go. And then Jordan got voted out. And then Sam and I are sitting there going, right, there's seven people left. The jury bench is getting bigger. We're the last couple. We're going to get targeted. It's just a matter of which vote it is, whether it's next or probably going to be next vote. And so we started thinking about, well, like, actually, this works. Like, we can go to tribal. We can keep the idol secure here. We can try and dodge it. One person probably end up going home and the other can go back to camp and work with the last two idols and just do their best. And the other will play a parallel game on the jury where they're explaining our game. And uh, it, the more we thought about it, we're like, that makes total sense. Like, it makes total sense. And I've said this before, I I wasn't fussed who it was going to be. I was sure it was going to be me who got voted out because just because of my physical size and because I'm a threat. Sam had played hard, even though she's less physically visible. She'd played a big game. So I just wasn't sure what was going to happen. And the way it panned out was that I got that immunity necklace and uh, she was under threat and ended up going home that night. Did you um, talk between yourself and Sam about who would get the most votes if you were to reach the end? Was that ever a discussion where you thought, listen, between the two of us, who's got the most social capital at the moment so that if they did make a final three, they probably have the best chance at winning? Did that ever come up? Not really because the jury bench hadn't fully formed and there were still more moves to come. So we're like a bit too early to say. You know, Mm. there could have been moves I was going to make towards the end that could have burnt people a lot. So... Yeah, we weren't sure at that point. It felt like it was fairly even. Yeah. Now you you do lose. You do end up losing two members of your alliance, and I guess Jordan and also um, Sam at this point in the game. That forces you to play an idol that ends up saving you. But then the second idol that you play. Um, some people, obviously, armchair critics sitting there saying, oh, that idol was wasted. I came on to say, hey, listen, it's a tough spot. You know you just copped the majority votes in the previous round, um, and you've only got two rounds, so you've got to back yourself to win another immunity. Um, what was the thinking, I guess, going into that tribal council in regards to the idol? And you know, when the cat was finally out of the bag, how did that change the mood between your alliance members now that they knew that you were lying to them for uh, quite a while? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a funny one because I was sitting there too going, I'm going to have to play this aisle tonight. And I, I didn't want to do it and I wanted to make a move with it, but I just couldn't see how I was going to do it. And then when we were going to tribal, I was sitting there going, I don't think the votes are on me because Jonathan's not talking to me. I haven't seen any visible changes with Josh. I think I'm actually safe. And I'm sitting there going, I'm going to play this idol and it's not going to be needed. That's what I was thinking. Um, but I was also concerned because we're late in the game. People have gotten better at blindsides. And my rationale was I've just got to play this and hope for another immunity win. Uh, if I don't play it now and I go home, that'll be a lifetime of what ifs. And I don't want yeah. that. So I'm going to play this now. 
it's going to get me to final five and I'm just going to have to chance my arm at getting an immunity necklace there. And it was super funny because <clears throat> I played this idol. Uh, totally wasn't necessary. I made this speech to the jury that totally antagonized half of them, um, hoping that I had been blindsided and I was going to all work out. Didn't work out. Uh, so it just was a, it was like a three strikes. It was like a rookie move. And it, I feel like it disarmed... Again, it kind of lowered my threat profile quite a bit because uh, they're just looking at me going, that was terrible. And so we went back to camp and I was like, look, you know, I had a bit of fun with it. I said, you know, I told you that second idol was bullshit and uh, just said, look, I'm sorry. I was lying about it. You know, it's an idol. You've got to conceal these things, um, but it's gone. You know, I haven't got any more tricks up my sleeve. And so I think it kind of lowered my threat level a bit and there was less fallout than I thought there'd be. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point you make, uh, uh, sort of an observation that you make around that, because you saw Chrissy change her vote to go to Josh instead of voting against you again. So maybe that played a little bit into her decision making in regards to who she should take to the end. But before I go into that last round or going into the last two rounds here, I did want to ask a question about the immunities itself. You had really good competitors out there this season. I think it's one of the reasons why I personally rate the season higher than other people that are maybe a bit more casual fans of the show. But you had people like Geordie, Josh, Shay, yourself, all really good at winning immunities. Um, Khan, before he was taken out, was pretty competitive as well. Were you someone that when you got to the merge, you made a conscious effort at not going too hard in the immunities early on? Was that a game strategy from you or did you try and go for it right from the start? No, I, I saved my energy. And I, you, I'm playing the probabilities here. I'm like, I think I'm okay. You've got, <clears throat> excuse me, you've got 12 people after a merge, 12 or 13 people, if all players being equal, the odds of you getting voted out are actually quite low. So as you go further into the game, those immunity necklaces become worth more and more. Uh, just, just mathematically, they do. So to me, I was more than happy to step away from the endurance challenges that I knew I wasn't going to win in the first maybe five, maybe four or five challenges we did. I'd just wait until I was like a third of the people had gone and then I'd just step off. I, I didn't want to be up there trying to win something that I just I knew the probabilities of me winning was super low. You don't have the energy for that. Um, and it lowers your threat profile. So I was definitely doing that. And then the, the time when I really planted my foot down was when um, after they'd voted Jordan out, and I was like, this is this is the time where we we now have to unmask and go all in and like high threat, high force, high everything. Uh, no more hiding, no more concealing our threats. And that's where I really went hard. And that's when I won the that Domino's challenge. And that's mm -hmm. why I was so I was so pumped about it because it was such a hard challenge. It was bloody really difficult. And the people that were left were challenge beasts. There were so many people that were good at challenges and there was such an even spread among the immunity wins. Um, that's something I was proud of this season. It felt like winning an immunity was just a it was a slog every time. Um, yeah, so that's when Sam and I really went hard is in that final kind of seven. Yeah, it definitely came across that way. You get some seasons where it's very one-sided and who mm. the challenge beasts are, but this season was so well-balanced, um, which even more impressive for what Shay was able to accomplish with her full immunity wins this season. I think it really puts it up there. Um, she was really balanced. Now, you had to plan around Shay 
going into the final rounds because you knew she had a good chance at any endurance body weight type of um, challenge that she was going to go in. And you had the ability to take Josh out one move earlier, but you decided not to do that because you banked on Josh being the bigger target than yourself. So two questions out of this for you. Firstly, were you always planning on going this deep with Josh in the game or was it sort of circumstance that led him one step away from the final tribal council um, or did, did things work out the way you sort of planned around that? Yeah, I wanted Josh with me for as long as possible because we worked together, we cooperated together, we never went against each other really. Ex the exception was the sand vote, which made sense anyway because we were the last couple. So I, I didn't hold that against Josh too badly. Uh, and so I wanted him there with me because I knew we were a shield for each other and he thought the same way as I did. We're like, we got to cooperate. When we got to the five vote, we were looking at it going, dude, we can't go against each other because we know full well that Shay's going to win the endurance challenge, which means that if we go against each other now, there's one male left, they're going to get knocked out. It'll be all, all female final, guaranteed. And so Josh and I came back and with that knowledge, I just went, look, mate, I'm happy to load up on KJ. I'll sell you as the vote. I've been doing it for weeks already. Like, let's go. This will pay off. Like, all this hard work is going to pay off of just this subtle, like, saying Josh is the threat. I'm going to keep him with me. I said this publicly. I was I was never going to go against Josh until the last moment. And, mm. uh, and then when I sat down, I made that early decision and I sold it. And I had to go back and sell it again to KJ and Shay. I did it with such conviction and, and such speed that they just assumed I was telling the truth. Uh, in fact, I'd made my mind up on that a long time earlier. And I think the mistake they made is they overthought the situation. All they needed to do was get one of the guys. It didn't matter who it was. I think I was probably the smarter one to get knocked out at that point. Um, but they, they didn't do it and they scrambled their vote. And I think that Josh and I exploited probably the biggest weakness in a lot of players in the game. And that was they they couldn't cooperate when they had the chance to do it. Josh, myself, Jordan, Juicy Dave, even Geordie, we could cooperate to achieve a vote. And you can be the weakest players in the game. If you can cooperate, all of a sudden, you're the most dangerous players in the game. And we just knew by the backgrounds of some of them there and what they did in their in their day-to-day -day life that they were not going to be team players. And we used that against them a lot. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting observation because that dominant alliance made it at times very straightforward in regards to who was going to go home. But that is the you're, you're not out there as a player, Mark, to make it easy on other people. You're there to win the money at the end of the day. So, you know, you want to have the most effective way to do it. And I kind of picked up very early on that yourself and Josh seem to be the same player. I look at Josh's Mark 2.0 and I really hope Josh gets another opportunity to play. But I don't know if other podcasters, I haven't listened to them uh as high on Josh as I have been throughout the season. But, you know, I feel like Josh may be someone that gets a big target on his back if enough people are aware of how good of a player I think he is. You know, maybe there's more that are sort of onto it. I think in hindsight, I'm almost glad that Josh didn't get a strong edit because he will go back and he'll be one of the most dominant players there. Uh, he was exceptionally good across, across every pillar of the game. Uh, he played a better game than I did and... It's just he's, he's almost a victim of his own success. He was so good at the game that he just had that slightly higher threat level than me. And when there was a choice, it ended up being him. Um, and yeah, I, that that drove people crazy that we formed an alliance 
that cooperated backed each other up and just went and executed against whoever we we thought was the, the next best person to go and i knew it wouldn't make good tv and i couldn't care less because all i cared about was having this stretch of period where i could actually just just rest a bit not be scrambling all the time because i knew that when we got to that second part of the game we we're going to be fighting hard and you need the resources and the faculties to be able to do it you can't sprint your way through a marathon you've got to kind of pace yourself in in survivor and i think we did that really well but it drove people crazy they could not stand the fact that we worked together and we cooperated and that's what made our games easier so for me it's interesting because i look at some great players in the past who have made seasons predictable and boring as well but for some other reason they're put in very high regard when it comes to the survival world boston rob and redemption island very straightforward season kim spradlin in one world very straightforward season rob bentelli and survivors south africa uh, secret of the islands very straightforward season and again very dominant winner and i think you can count yourself as a very dominant winner now the only difference i think that could have made your season even more exciting is if josh had a bigger edit that would have kept us guessing until the last four i think this season would have been an all-time great so that's my biggest criticism of the season is that josh's edit was missing pre-merge but i could pick up and deduce by seeing how different people were reacting around him and they weren't making a move unless josh was on board that he had a way bigger game than what the edit probably showed us at times yeah i think the two parts that were missing is they just needed to do a little sprinkle of character building around Josh and and his background is you know and his personal like we're trying to have a baby and and mm. you know I'm here to win like that and then when you get to the end that's really compelling and then they need a bit more on how Josh Chrissy and I were tight because when you get to the end of the game again that dynamic plays out quite a bit and the other thing was they just needed to carve out some confessionals for people that got those purple edits uh, the twins KJ Josh like Jordan like everyone talks about the twins. Jordan got no edit, Josh got mm. no edit, and they played pretty good games as well. So, like, I I really wish they'd put a bit more into everyone that was that was there, um, but I also hope they get another chance to play again and, and really show what they've got. So, um, if Josh were to make that final with you, let's say the unthinkable happens and he wins the final immunity, and somehow both you are sitting there in the end. How do you think that final tribal council would have gone down? Do you think you would have had split the votes between yourselves pretty evenly? Where do you sort of, I know it's hard now because in the game, you probably would have thought one thing and then now watching the edit, it may be a completely different thing. Mm, I think it would have been neck and neck. So I think Josh played a slightly better game than me, but I also feel like I could have presented a case well just because my background in speaking and, and structuring a story and all that. I feel like my pitch would have been really good as well so i think it would have been very close but i wasn't trying to engineer the end game too much uh and i think people make this mistake they get all machiavellian and think they're moving chess pieces around a board there's very little you can control in survivor you can control your own social game some of your strategy where your vote goes and that's pretty much it um and you can control whether you look for idols and and whatnot the rest of it's out of your hands and i think people make this mistake of thinking they're puppet masters and they're doing this and that they're not controlling anything. And if you're trying to engineer who's in the end game with you, uh, it's it's a very risky thing to do. Just get to the end. Figure it out when you get there because if you don't get to the end, what's the point in having some mad plan about who you're going to be up against and what your pitch is? I think just keep it simple and just get there. Yeah. I think Napoleon, you, you... Napoleon said it. He's like, 
if you want to take Vienna, take Vienna. Don't like, don't <laughs> mince around. Go and take Vienna. Like, just go there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 an interesting one because you know urgency is important and and being able to move and not think about something too much, but actually being able to act in a way that is relevant to the situation that you find yourself within in the game and a lot of people come into these games with preconceived ideas or plans for how they want to play the game and then they're out there and the situation does not allow for that gameplay to unfold because i'm sure you had thinking you probably had thoughts coming into this saying oh i'd love to play this type of game but when you're out there it all changes because the people that you play with you don't know who they are and you don't know what they value and the game that you played for this season was an incredible game you had an incredible story at the end i do agree with you being a great storyteller i thought that your final tribal council speech from the beginning to the end how you explained your game was far clearer than what anybody else explained based on the edit that we saw i know that there is a lot we don't see as well um, but that definitely came into play and you became only the second player in a Australian survivor history to get a clean sweep of votes putting you up there with PR from um, champions versus contenders two is the only other winner to win with a clean sweep of wins that would put a massive target on you mark if you were ever to play this game again but i'm going to ask you the question you know i know that for a winner to come back it's very difficult so let's put the picture let's paint the picture they pitch to you that there is going to be a global winners at war season where you're going to have some winners from south africa the u.s and also australia playing would you be interested in a season such as that um or would you even consider coming back at all i, re I reckon if there was a global one i would i would salute and go back into the fray like knowing that i would be cannon fodder but uh, <laughs> just for, just for the spectacle it's just too much fun um but i really want sam to play again that's that's probably my top priority i think what she's got more to give the game i think especially without me around to complicate her game i'd love to see that i hope that the people in my season that played really well um get another chance kj uh, josh jordan uh, jesse and geordie I, I really hope they get to go back a second time even you know khan there's there's so many people even ones that went before the merge that were great players croc uh I hope those. I hope they all get back at some point, and I think there's going to be opportunity to do it. And for most of them, I think I'll be watching from the couch. Now, I know that there's a lot of fans that are listening to this that are very happy about the fact that you also want Sam to play this game again, because I think there's a lot of us that are very fearful that the experience for Sam has been really negative online and that she may not want to go out there and play the game again. But it's good to hear that you know, you're know you behind her to go out there, because I do believe, um, as great as it was for you to win this season, I do believe you were probably her biggest Achilles heel um, when it came to the merge. And if she played her own game, it could have been very different getting into the end game with her alliance members that she built pre-merge yeah exactly there's no there's no telling what she could do um on her own i think yeah it's, it's just blood versus water is one of those really unusual dynamics and i, I was super grateful to get asked back and, and to play again it's hard to play the game in the first place but getting asked back is a is a huge honor so you really want to do it properly and i feel like we we gave it a really good go i felt like um and again, I didn't go for the edit. I felt like there was, you only saw my other dimensions at the very end of the game. I felt like mm. it was quite a one-dimensional edit to that point. But, um, you know, I was equally, I, I was so proud to be there. I made great friends. I feel like my social game was a massive improvement. And uh, I can't wait to see where the, the rest of the seasons go. You want to say hello? Goodbye. <laughs> hey, Harry. Come say hello to Chris. Jump on. Ready? Oh. Hey there, little man. Ready? Say hello. Hey, little man. How you doing? Are you hey, good? Hello. How are you doing? Say hello. Hi there. Hello. 
Survivor? I play for Baba. Do you want to play Survivor? Are you Baba? Yeah, you come back. Yeah. You're going to play one day? You're going to play Survivor? Yeah. You're gonna yeah, play? you're going to follow Mama and Papa's footsteps? <laughs> <laughs> did you see Mummy play? Mummy play? <laughs> yeah, I did see okay, Mummy so play, eh? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's awesome to meet him as well. And um, I was gonna, oh, I was gonna say, yeah, uh, you go. Ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say that's. I think that's one of the reasons Sam and I went so hard is because we were away from our boy, and yeah, uh, it, it carries even more weight. You're not out there for fun or, or to create a TV character. We're actually out there to really play hard, and uh, it was it was difficult being away from him for that long. Yeah, no, I can I can imagine. Um, last question I have for you. Uh, you know, there's there's a new TV show that I may cover as well on the channel coming out in Australia. It's called The Challenge Australia. There are oh. some rumored survivor players potentially in the in the contest to go out there and do the challenge Australia. How it works is it's basically you vote people out, but they get a do or die situation where they go into the arena to do a challenge against someone else to see who goes home. So ultimately you have to be a challenge beast to win this show. If you could nominate three players from Survivor Australia to go out there and represent the Australian Survivor franchise, who would it be? Oh, I'd have to be Josh, Sam and Chrissy. <laughs> love it love the answer love the answer chrissy on there would be a lot of fun um <laughs> she she just vocalizes everything she's thinking so it would be great watch her go into a challenge commentating her own her own battles <laughs> i want to see chrissy get her own tv show i think a camera crew following her around would be absolutely hilarious chrissy was no slap i think i picked it quite early i'm like she she kind of plays the goofball but she knows exactly what she's doing and she's uh, she's not silly. She played such a great game. You don't get to the end without playing a great game, and uh, you really can't characterize people who go that far as bad players. You've to get that far, you've got to do something right, and and they certainly did. Shay and her were, were great players. Yeah. Mark, it's been so much fun talking to you here. Uh, let the viewers and listeners of this podcast know what are you up to next? Is there anything that they can follow? I know you've got a book out there as well that um, I've got lined up to get myself to read. Uh, is there anything else you want to promote here for people listening to this if they want to find out a bit more about what's next for Mark? Well, if you like uh, very good apparel made in New York City, check out Kill Capture. Uh, uh, capture with a K. Check it out. We're uh, we're expanding this year. We've got some good products going. I've I wore into the jacket into the into the jungle on the beach there. So the jacket you see me with in 2017 and, and this season as well. So if you want to survive a uh, season of Survivor, get yourself one of those jackets. <laughs> I'll have to get one of those. Favor was out to go out and play the game. Um, Mark, I'll get the link for that uh, after this. And uh, if you send through on Instagram or something like that, I'll put it in the description for people to find Perfect. that as well. 